There was three boys bragging about their fathers in the schoolyard. The first one said, My dad, he just scribbles a few lines on a page, calls it a poem, and they give him $50. The next boy said, Well, that ain't nothing. My dad scribbles a few lines on a page, calls it a song, and they give him a $100. And the third boy said, I got you both beat. My dad scribbles a few lines on a page, calls it a sermon, and it takes eight people to take up the money. <laughs> amen. Can you get an amen, Pastor? I believe Pastor is ready to preach, don't you? I'm ready to hear it. I told him the other day, I said, all this time you've had off, I'm sure you've got some hot sermons ready to go. Amen. Dads, I want to talk to you today. If I say something that gets on your toes or it makes you feel uneasy, don't get mad at me. Just say, Lord, help me. Say, owe me or help me. Amen. There was a time God wanted to destroy the earth because he... The evil that was in the world and men's hearts were all focused on evil and wickedness was in the land and violence had spread. Can anybody tell me what this time was? Noah. Every, every thought of mankind was only evil continually, the Lord said, and violence had spread throughout and he was gone. He was sorry that he made man. And he wanted to destroy him. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. The Bible said he was the only righteous man in his generation. What a testimony. Amen. The only righteous man in his generation. His daddy was Lemmick. And he's said that Noah was going to bring peace, was going to bring relief to them because of what God had done, curse the earth. His granddaddy was Methuselah. He was the oldest man that ever lived, according to the Scriptures. 969 years old. You reckon he's seen a thing or two? And his great-granddaddy was Enoch. And the Bible tells us that Enoch walked with God and was not because God took him. Amen? The reason God took him, he had such a close relationship with the Lord. He said, you just gonna, you just gonna have to come on up here and be with me. What a testimony. All of them were godly men. And it was passed down to Noah. Amen. Fatherhood was one of the first jobs given to men. Right after creation, he said, be fruitful and multiply. And fill the earth. Marriage, the first thing was to have offspring. 
And fathers, you can produce a baby, but that ain't all about what's being a father. Amen. And so many fathers want to be a good father, but they don't know how to be a good father. So today we're going to explore a few things that characteristics of a godly father. Amen. What does it mean to be a godly father? First, number one, he has to know God. You reckon Noah knew God? Knew God. Many men want to have a relationship with the Lord. But they don't know how to. They leave it up to their wives to take the kids to church. And trust that the preacher will instill some kind of wisdom into the kids. And assume that they're getting everything that they need. Because they provide exposure to godliness. But children model what they see. Dads. Be careful little eyes what you see. Be careful little ears what you hear. They're looking at you dad. If a dad considers. Or don't consider the obedience of God. Is important. Why should they? If dad doesn't lead the family spiritually. It must be. Not a priority. So godly fathers first. It starts within our heart. And he considers his own relationship with God. Important. And models that. And lives that life so that his children can follow after him. Amen? Alright, now y'all gonna have to help me. Number two. A godly father loves and honors his wife. Alright ladies, it's a time to say amen. It has been said... That a father can give his, the, the best thing a father can give his children is to love their mother. When children grow up in that kind of atmosphere, loving, healthy interactions between their parents, they naturally seek to imitate that in their marriages. Sadly, too many children don't see that. They see fighting and bickering and and guess what happens? They wind up in the same kind of relationships. Because they didn't have that loving parents or that, that, that Jesus was in their home. Even if a man's divorced, he can still respect his, the children's mother. Even if he's married a second time, he can still show those children the respect for his new wife. Amen. Third, 
A godly father accepts responsibility for his children's spiritual training. Am I getting on your toes yet? Y'all being mighty quiet. You're not saying amen or oh me. And I'm talking to me too. Too often, like I said earlier, it's left up to mom to take the kids to church. Because dad, you know, I'm the one that brings home the paycheck. That's my contribution. But while bringing home the paycheck is good, there's still important things that a father needs to do. And mom might go through the day-to-day delegating chores to the kids and this, that, and the other. But fathers still have a responsibility. They should pray with their children. Talk with them about Bible. Encourage them to have Christian character and words of instruction, expectations of their behavior, and enforce that in his children. Number four, a godly father is continually Aware of his influence. Do what I say, not what I do. Has been the unfortunate attitude of fathers throughout history. But little eyes observe and learn from daddy's behavior. Regardless of what he says or believes. Sons in particular. need a male role model to show how to become men. I think that's what's wrong with our society today is boys hadn't been raised up to be men. And so they turn and want to be women. That's the truth. I guarantee you all these ones that's wanting to be trans out here, I guarantee you they grew up without a daddy. Because if they had, a daddy would have jerked them up and said, listen here, you're going to do this. You're born a male. You're going to remain a male. Amen? Dads may not realize it, but everything they do is influencing their children. Words alone are not enough. Consider what a child might learn from these fatherly instructions. Church is important, kids. So you guys go, but I'm going to stay here and watch football. True or false? Don't lie to me, but tell that person on the phone, I'm not here. I just cussed out the neighbor. But if you guys ever say that kind of stuff, you're going to get it. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. Now bring me that beer and that pack of cigarettes. Am I speaking the truth this morning? Yes. 
Number five, godly fathers model selfless service. Jesus said, I come to, to serve and not to be served. So kids, let's go mow Miss Jones's yard. Her husband is in the hospital, just had surgery, and she's got a new baby. So let's go mow her yard at no charge. And when kids see that kind of activity in a father, that sticks with them. Amen? And they figure out ways to involve their kids in doing that kind of stuff. So the kids are involved. So when kids grow up watching their dads secret, quietly serving the Lord without expectations of reward, they internalize those values. Number six, a godly father is consistent. Nothing confuses children any more than inconsistency. Either in discipline or example. A father who is angry one minute and loving the next. The kids don't know what to think. Well, what have I done this time? But you gotta be consistent. And dads have got to be careful not to take out their frustrations on their kids. Beat them when they're in a time of angry or frustrated about something. They can't take it out on their children and then later say, oh, I'm sorry, I was just upset. That confuses kids. Are you hearing me this morning? You need to channel your anger differently where it needs to go practice forgiveness they never allow anger to create confusion in their children if a dad if a dad says he's going to do something he better back it up i've heard this so many times you know other kids or other parents in the church said when i get you home i'm gonna tear you up and then nothing ever happened. I'm glad mama forgot about that. And children need to know what to expect from their fathers. Number seven. A godly father disciplines his children appropriately. Discipline is a part of child rearing. The Bible says if you spare the rod, you'll spoil the child. But if you'll put that rod on the seat of his pants, it'll drive that thing that he's doing far from him. And don't just solely de delegate it to the wife. I, I got very few whippings from my dad. Because mama was willing to come right on in there and do it. <laughs> I probably got a whipping from her every day. <laughs> <clears throat> I 
Our Heavenly Father chastises us when we need it. Amen. And we need to chastise our kids when they need it. And don't do it out of anger or out of frustration. But do it with a loving heart. Correction. Kids should know where the boundary lines are. And Father set that boundary. And when they cross it, they need to know they've crossed it. Amen. Number eight. A father, a godly father does not allow himself to be controlled by outside influences. Addictions, such as alcohol, drugs, pornography, often create home environment marked by insecurity, fear, and depression. Fathers who display display addictive behaviors often teach their children to do the same. Godly fathers are controlled by the Holy Spirit. Children tend to adopt whatever gods their parents consistently worship. Oh me, preach it brother. I'm not hearing that this morning. I told you I wasn't going. Don't get mad at me. This is what God wants you to hear. Amen. Children tend to adopt whatever gods their fathers consistently worship, like drugs, alcohol, and it becomes a generational curse. But we can break those curses. Amen. Children watch their fathers run to Jesus with their problems and can learn to imitate that. When your kids see you mess up and you go to Jesus for help, guess where they're going to go when they need help? They're going to go to Jesus too. Number nine, a godly father is a man under authority. Due to his sinful nature, a man will fight to be his own boss. In many cultures, it's considered admirable to answer to no one. I don't need nobody telling me what to do. I don't answer to nobody. Ever heard anybody say that? However, Jesus demonstrated that he was under his father's direction. He said, I come to do what the father wants me to do. I'm not coming to do this on my own. I'm coming to do what the father has sent me to do. And so he was submissive to the father. And so we must be submissive to the Lord. Amen. Not just in church. But in government, in employment, all of those institutions, we need to show that that we are under authority. Amen. Even if we're the boss, we're still under somebody. And if we're the owner, we're still under somebody. We're under God, right? And number 10. 
A godly father must lead. The world is in desperate need of a father to lead. Amen. Leadership is not domination or control. A leader is one who goes first. He sets the pace for the family. Amen. By practicing what he preaches. He is on the lookout for dangers. And takes initiative to protect his family when those dangers arise. Amen. He meets with God first. And then when he presents it to the family, they know that he's been in communion with God and then they will be glad to follow because he's already met with God. He leads them in healthy Bible, in a Bible teaching church. He leads them in personal devotions. He leads them away from worldliness. He leads his wife as her confidant and champion. He leads his children to come to know Christ. He leads in his community through charitable service and wise counsel. He is a man that his children are proud of. Whenever a man does all these things, his kids don't have no problem in saying, that's my dad. That's my dad. Have I always been that dad? No. I've been long from it. I can tell you some things that'll curl your hair. But you know what? My kids love me. Even through my mistakes. One of them said this morning, Dad, you've set the bar high. But I love you. So guys, today, regardless of your past, and regardless of the way you were raised, You have the potential to be a good father, a godly father. If you seek the Lord with all your heart, walk not after your own ways, but after his ways. And do it in love and humility. Any Christian father can be the man that his children wants to call dad. Amen. Just as Noah built the ark for the saving of his house. Fathers, you need to build an ark to the saving of your house. And that ark is Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.
Can you hear me? Woo, hard to beat that, Brother Chris. That was beautiful. I'll tell you a quick little Johnny joke. Little Johnny always lied to his parents. So his parents bought a robot to slap him upside the head. First uh, day he come in there, they said, Johnny, what time did you come in last night? About 9 o'clock. Wham! Slapped him upside the head. Come in about midnight. Said, Johnny, where'd you go last night? Said, the movies. That old robot didn't do nothing. Said, uh, what you watch? He said, uh, Bambi. Bam! Slapped him again. He told a lie. He watched a very inappropriate movie. Asked him something again. The robot slapped him upside the head. And his daddy said, now, Johnny, I wish you wouldn't lie to me. I didn't ever lie to my parents. He slapped his daddy upside the head. <laughs> Mama started laughing. Said, that's your son. He slapped her upside the head. Today, I want to talk about, we're going to talk about going down to the river. We're going to talk about some fishing today. Um, I got us a tool right here we're going to show. And it ain't pretty, so don't, it ain't no beauty contest. It's called a rod and reel. There's a couple other attachments. But we're going to break it down so a caveman can understand it. In this sense, an Auburn fan could understand it. We're going to talk about the components to be a fisher of people. Matthew 4.19, please. And he said unto them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Fishers of men are, I've, I've heard fishers of people, fishers of men. You are spreading the gospel. Jesus at Galilee told Andrew and he told Simon Peter, follow me, you'll be fishers of men. We're going to break down everything today. This right here is a rod and reel. We're going to break down every part. This is a rod right here. You see the rod? The rod is your structure, it's your foundation, it's your daily walk. It's your Sunday school, it's your prayer meeting, it's everything you do, it's your foundation, it is your structure. You got to have it. First Corinthians three eleven, please. Corinthians. other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is in Jesus Christ that is the foundation that we need this right here is the only foundation it's really the only one that ever matters is the one for Jesus that is the foundation you take a sloppy foundation you're going to have a sloppy house you got nasty trashy thoughts you got trash I had an old preacher used to say trash that always stuck with me Okay, next one we're going to talk about is the reel. This reel right here, it's a direction of your thoughts. It is release your faith. When you release your faith, you are to spread your faith. If you got this reel right here and you don't never mash this button right here, you can throw all day long and you're going to be like that Pollock or Auburn fan that I was telling you earlier. 
It's not going to go anywhere. If you don't mash that button, it ain't going nowhere. You got to mash the button. Okay, our next one we're going to talk about is a cork. It's a little old red and white gizmo right here is a cork. Okay, you got to stay afloat. You got to, you know, you got to stay afloat. I know some wacko around here got a hat made of cork. Brother Randy, don't you? It'll float. Okay, can we get uh, Matthew 5, 45? It says, That ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good, sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. Bad things happen to good people, good things happen to bad people. It rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. You know, there's always somebody out there. You know, I may wish I had as much money as Mark Sheehan. Eric Blankenship probably wishes he was as good looking as I am. You know, there's always something. There's always somebody. Yes, sir. There's always somebody better, worse, or you name it. Okay, our next one this morning, we're going to talk about lead. There's lead right here. You got to stay grounded. You got to be grounded. Okay, Psalms 37.5, please. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring to pass. You got to be committed. You got to trust in Him. You got to stay prayed up, sold out for Christ. You got to stay sold out. If the ground ain't no good, it's like we talked about earlier. It's all the foundation, your ground, you got to have it. For the, you know, rains on the just, rains on the unjust. Okay? Alright, our next one we're gonna talk about is a line right here. Psalms 25, 4, please. Show me the ways, O Lord. Teach me thy path. This line has got a path. It's got to go. In this path right here, you got to stay connected. you got to stay connected. Okay? There's a direction, the path. Stay connected. we got to stay connected with the lost. We have to talk to the lost. We've got to witness. we got to... We got to, it's our job. We're to spread that. They got to see our faith. They got to see our actions, everything we do and say. We're in a glass house. People is watching everything we do, everything they say. We shut the door on our hand and say something real inappropriate. They're going to see that. Everything they do. They're watching you. Okay. Our next thing we're going to talk about is a hook. Okay. This hook right here. Do we need to go fishing with a dull hook? Absolutely not. Needs to be sharp. Okay, Proverbs twenty-seven, seventeen, please. Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpen the countenance of his friend. We have to have that person to hold us accountable, to keep us sharp. If you ever see somebody dull, it takes iron to sharpen iron. You got got to do it. If you're gonna fish, you're gonna catch something. Fish or a man, you got to have a good hook. That's, that's just the way it goes. Okay, our next one we're going to talk about this morning is Galatians 5.22. We're going to talk about the bait. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. That is the bait that we had to put on that hook. We should have something that they want. If we have absolute nothing that they want, who wants to buy that? You know, I don't want to buy an old jumped-up car on blocks. 
Corvette, you know, or whatever. You, you got to, you know, the greatest bait is love. Got to have love. And, you know, I used to wonder years ago when I'd read the Bible, and I thought, well, all the fruit of the Spirit's the same. It says the greatest is love. That's what we need. It, um, no, it's just an honor to get to speak to y'all this morning. And I wanted to break this down in a very simplified version. And I just, uh, I wanted to show y'all the components. That right there is the components to be a fisherman of men. You got to have lead, you got to have a cork, you got to have a good hook, rod, and a reel. And if you don't have all of them running the coordinates, you're going to have a bad day. You're going to be like I do most days. I go fishing at the river. I don't catch nothing. Thank y'all. Good morning. We'd like to uh, recognize everyone that uh, that has lost their fathers that has already went on. If you will all stand. We speak a blessing of peace and comfort over you today and remembrance. Now, move forward a little bit if y'all have a seat now. I'm going to take about 25, 30 minutes. It won't take me long. <laughs> when we think of Father's Day and Mother's Day, we compare them. Which one is more important? Is the one more important? I bet you every one of them say, no, no, but it is, it is. We, 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 know, we, we know it's a little bit different. We get it, we get it. However, they're all equally important. They're both equally important. There's three parts, the mother and the father and the child, as Chris alluded to about a man and a woman a little earlier. Um, when we talk about that and how we raise our children, we don't get instructions for this. We, Most of us, when in younger life, we have a few wild oats to so, and, you know, as we grow older and uh, if we're blessed and we, we do the right thing or we're guided back into the, to the flock, so to speak, it, it gets a lot easier and we realize we had it, had a, a instruction book the whole time. Uh, thinking back to our own fathers, you know, we came up very hard and we, uh, uh, we, we learned that basically Yes, he, we have Father's Day, but we want to make Mother's Day special. We want to look at, do you have a problem with your, uh, your children? Do you have a problem with discipline? Do you have, a, have a, in the areas where, um, you know, you might, the mothers might rush in there to say, Daddy might be a little bit too strong, a little bit too, too strict. That would, it might, does he he might uh, whip them too hard? Man, it speak too rough to them. Anybody have that? Nobody. Oh. Well, since we're on a, a little bit of time strange restraint here, let me ask you this: Would your would your the your significant other who is with you now, the mothers I'm talking to, do you love that person? Do you? Can you see that person being the man or the person that you want your child to grow up and be like? 
if you do, when he steps up to discipline, do this. Shut up. Get out of the way. Let him discipline. Don't, I'm not saying abuse, but abuse is never wrong. Or never right, I'm sorry. <laughs> Whoops. Hey, everybody makes a mistake every now and then. But, however, abuse is never, never good. But that's, that's what I'm not, I'm not talking about going too far with it. But if you want strong men, they gotta be, they gotta be raised. You want your children to be strong, whether it's a girl or a boy. Let, let the man be a man. God gave us this testosterone for a reason. Children, one day you're gonna look back and say, when, when you're 40, 50, 60, and say, look, I understand, I get what he was talking about back then. I disagree with him now. He's wrong. He's stupid. He's old. He don't get it. However, when he's 40, 50, or 60, you might do it. Might, might get a little bit more. Uh, I want to read a little, little something to my children since we, so we can do it real quick. So to my children, put God first. Put God first in everything you do. Mothers love, love like, love like no other. My boys, I want you to show I, I hope I have shown them how to love a woman. I, I know me and my wife has had problems, there's arguments and disagreements. But I, I hope that if they get to that point in that life, they understand we have something together that we fight for. We may not do it right every time. However, I, I hope that I've shown them how to love her. I hope my daughter understands that she's never seen me raise my hand to my wife i hope she knows that no man should ever raise her hand to her i hope that they teach and instill in their children often that evil will come come but all they have to do is rebuke it in the name of jesus and it will flee enjoy yourself wherever you are right now Spend the time, take the picture, spend the moment, enjoy it. Every day doesn't have to be about work, but every day can't be about play. You have to have a balance. When you start a job, every job and every day, you have the choice right then to be the, to just get by and get it done or to be the absolute best in the world at something. Love everything you can. Fall in love with as many things as you possibly can. Talk to every person that will listen. Listen to everyone that talks to you. Don't let no one disrespect you. Be strong enough to say, I will be glad to talk with you. I will be glad to take care of you. But you're going to respect me or you can leave. Everyone here has that respect. The stresses of life. Imagine yourself... In 50 years, from this moment, imagine your breath is getting shallow and shallower and more shallow. At that moment, you start thinking, this may be it. My family's around. They expect it. And all of a sudden, the Lord sends you an angel to grant you one wish. You can go back to one day, one day, this day. This day right here. 
You can live it from the very beginning to the end. If you have that awareness, it's 50 years from now, and and you're waking up right now. We're about to leave church in a little while, and we got this afternoon to to spend with our family. If you got this afternoon, until you go to sleep tonight, what emotions do you want to feel? I promise you, anger is not one of them that you, or aggravation or frustration is not one that you'll want to, that, that, you don't want that to be your last one. You don't want to be the, the one that told someone off because they cut you off or they got in your way or you got frustrated or someone spilled something on you or tore something up of yours. If you had this afternoon, to spend, to feel that joy, every emotion, what would you do? What would you do? I'll leave y'all with that. My tool that I chose was this jewel right here. This is a Maddox. This is a man maker. Now I was going to talk about toxic masculinity, but we'll talk another time about that if you all like. But every one of my children, including Morgan, know how to use this. You teach your children the basics. You teach them strong. And here's one thing, the biggest, the most important. You be the example. You work in front of them all day long. You rest them, they rest you. You teach them this right here. When there are tractors not around, before you build a building, if you don't have a way to plant a garden, you teach them in their early teens, before they become teens, get them strong, not to abuse them, but you teach them and you show them, don't get frustrated. Yes, it's hard. Every time you swing it, you get more tired, you get more tired. But every time you swing it, you learn how to use your brain, you use muscle memory, you learn to use leverage. You use, learn to use every part of the tool because it's more than just the handle and the end. So with that, Bless y'all. Twelve oh eight. Y'all remember all them Wednesday nights and Sundays we was getting out early? We ain't gonna make it today. <laughs> We're cashing in today. Hey, I just uh I understand it's Father's Day and I know y'all got time uh playing with your fathers this afternoon, so I won't keep you long. But uh, this stuff that we're fitting to say, that I'm fitting to talk about this morning, this stuff is going to have eternal value. And, you know, I challenged the men at the men's meeting the last time. I said, get you a sticky note somewhere, and you put it on a mirror or somewhere where you'll see it before you go to bed at night. You ask yourself, what have I done today that's going to have eternal value? And some days you may miss the mark, but some days more than that you'll make it. But, uh, I chose the shovels to talk about this morning because we use shovels to plant seeds. And we use them to plant shrubs and stuff. But I want to ask you, what kind of seeds are you planting? Are you planting uh, seeds of love, joy, peace, you know, the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Are you planting negativity? Uh, I know one of the most, uh, uh, I'd say... Negative seeds that I planted before I got saved was a seed of bitterness. And that seed of bitterness, it sprouted anger. 
and envy and greed, and, and it was it's detrimental to a, to a Christian's life. But thank the Lord, you know, I got saved, and and I led my family before I got saved. But you know what, I was leading them straight to hell. But now since I got saved, you know, I plant those seeds of prayer with them. I plant those seeds of, of reading the Bible around the table. Those seeds is going to stuff that they can say maybe a year or two down the road since they out of the house, they can say, well, I remember reading that around the table with Daddy. I, I sure didn't want to be around that table at that time, but you know, uh, I'm glad I was because I remember that now. But uh I was going to talk about Joseph this morning. But uh Genesis 37 through 50. You know, we can learn a lot from Joseph. Uh, but for time's sake this morning, I just, I want to close with this story. This is something that uh happened to me about three weeks ago. And uh I was going to track supply. And and before I before I uh tell this story, I want to say if you don't know Jesus this morning, today could be the best day of your life. You know, Jesus, he's the best thing that's ever happened to this old boy right here. And I'll tell everybody that I can about him. I'm not going to deny him because I don't want him to deny me before the Father when I get up to heaven. I want him to be able to say, come on in. Well done, my good and faithful servant. And I pray that for all of us this morning. I pray it that uh, people know that we go to Calvary Church because they can't talk to us for five minutes without saying they either trying to get me to come to church or they trying to tell me about Jesus. But you know, when we plant seeds, I, we've talked about it in the Sunday school, Brother Vic. You know, I've uh, quoted Scripture to people and I've told them, you know, you know how to stop doing that. You're going straight to hell. But you know, I've noticed now, if I could just plant a seed with them, if I just go up to them, a co-worker, and I say, did you go to church Sunday, brother? And I leave it at that. Well, a day or two later, I'll go back and I'll water that seed a little bit. And I'll say, I love you, brother. Jesus loves you. I'm praying for you. And I'll leave it like that. And I'll just keep it a little at a time, a little at a time. Before you know it, that seed's done took root. But what kind of seeds are you planting at home, at work? What kind of seeds this morning are you plant with strangers? You know, when we at Walmart and, and somebody drops some money, do we pick it up and put it in our pocket or do we hand it to them? Because we're, like the other brother said, we're under a microscope. They're watching us. They're watching us. You can tell somebody that's a Christian. You can tell by the way they act, by the way they carry themselves, by their language. But uh just remember... What kind of seed you're planting? And you know, I, I want everybody to say about me. He lived it. It wasn't just on Sunday morning when he was up here raising his hands. But when you seen him at the ball game Friday night, he was that man. When he was on the job site Monday morning, he was the same man. And he was on Saturday night. It didn't matter. I pray he can say that about all of us today, church. But but I'm going to close with this story, I promise I was going to church supply about three weeks ago. And, uh, I went by these two little girls. And, uh, I seen a table out there and a cardboard sign. And I thought they were selling lemonade. And I had that little urge. That's the little small voice. I said, you need to stop. I said, okay, I will. I went to church supply and I was coming back by and I wheeled in there. And them two little girls, they weren't selling lemonade. They were selling their toys. And I tell you, y'all, I'm tough, but now that, that got at my heartstrings. And, uh, I stopped and I gave them some money. And that little girl, she said, 
you don't want a toy. And I said, uh, yeah. I said, give me that little dog. And she gave it to me. And I got it right here in my pocket. This little dog. I put it up there above my sun visor. And uh, I got the privilege now praying for them two little girls every day. I pray that they got the opportunity to go to Bible school. And I pray they never get to go to bed hungry. They never have to go to bed hungry. I pray somebody come by and shares the love of Jesus with them. I pray for them this morning. I pray that if they don't have an earthly father, they have the best day they ever had with their heavenly father. And you know, the reason I, the only reason I tell that story this morning is to say, listen to that still small voice. When you get that urge, when the Holy Spirit's telling you to do something, do it. You'll never regret it. Sure, you may be out of your comfort zone. It may be a little uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable right now. But, uh, but I'm listening to the Holy Spirit. I love something Charles Stanley said. He said, obey God and leave the consequences to Him. And that's what I'm going to do. That's the way I'm going to live my life. Oh, uh, but I want to encourage you this morning. Y'all heard from the men today. And, uh, I don't want to, uh, I want to give it, don't want nobody to leave here without getting this opportunity. You know, uh, if you've got that still small voice this morning to saying, come up here. Come. Don't, I think about that song, you know. Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Do you hear him today? Please don't turn him away. So this morning, if you've got a need that's been keeping you up at night, if you've been worrying about something, it's just like the pastor said, you know, the way I look at worry, all worry is is trying to change something we ain't got no control over. You know, the Bible tells us don't worry about nothing, pray about everything. So uh, this morning, I want to give you one more opportunity because, you know, we don't know what's coming around that curve when we leave. We don't know what that next doctor visit's going to bring. And I'm not trying to scare anybody into coming up into this altar, but I just want to tell you the harsh reality of it. You know, come up here because you want a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning. And you come up here because you don't, you're tired of having that problem and that burden. But it's up to y'all right now. You know, if you just need to come up here and spend a few minutes with the Lord one-on-one, I, I urge you to come. Come now. If you want to uh, need prayer, we got the prayer teams up here. We can take care of that need. But, uh, but I don't want to leave here without uh, without giving y'all one more chance. So y'all come. Come if you need prayer. Come if you want to talk to the Lord this morning. And uh, I promise you won't regret it. It's just like serving Him. Never regret it serving Him. day to be in your presence, Lord. Lord, I pray that not a soul leave here today that don't know you, Father, that doesn't have a personal relationship with you this morning. Lord, we thank you for today, for our fathers, Lord. I know I learned a lot from my father at the time that I knew him. I learned how to be a man of my word. I learned how to be on time. I learned a good work ethic. 
And Lord, we just thank you for being our ultimate Father, Heavenly Father. Lord, we just thank you this morning. And Lord, we praise you. And I pray this in Jesus' name. But right now, our uh, IK kids are going to give all the fathers a gift. And uh, let me see. If, if you're a father, will you stand up, please? I.K. wanted to say happy Father's Day to all the fathers. Sometimes mothers get all of the recognition and um, fathers are kind of put to the second. But we want you to know that we appreciate you. We are so thankful for for you. You know, um, any male can become a father. It takes a man to be a dad. And we are so appreciative for you and all that you're doing and to sow into these children's lives. We thank you for all of you that sow into these kids. You may not have a kid here, but you do because they see you and you plant seeds into them every time you volunteer in one of our functions, every time you drive a bus, anything you do here, they see you and you're sowing into their lives. And we just want to say thank you and happy Father's Day. If your father is here, take your your gift to your father and then come back, okay? Once you've received your gift, would you please have a seat? Because we want to make sure that every father gets something. Alright, those of you that still have one, go take it to someone who's standing, okay? Give it to someone who's standing up. And once you receive it, if you'll have a seat so that we can make sure, grab another one and take it to someone who's standing up for me, okay? Anybody who's still standing, make sure everybody gets one, okay? Alright, hold on, let's see. Let's make sure everybody gets one. Did everybody in the sound booth get one? Everybody, there's two still back in the back. If you if you have someone in the nursery, I want you to be assured they have a gift for their father too. It was just hard to bring them all in because there were six in the nursery today. <laughs> all right, everybody's got one. Let's say Happy Father's Day. You ready? Happy Father's Day. While Miss Lee does the announcements, we're going to do the, the door prizes for our dads today. Brother Jared, he's going to come up and call out the numbers.
Ohio Food Bank will be Saturday, July the 1st at 10 a.m. This is a drive through pickup. Please use the Depot Street entrance. Mark your calendars and make plans to join us on Sunday, July the 2nd, for our Freedom Celebration with our special guests, Bill and Cheryl Gray from Metro Ministries in Mobile, Alabama. Also, we are asking everyone to wear red, white, and blue for this special day.